All right, I'm here with FanDuel Director of Trading, John Sheeran. John, welcome to Props and Hops. I'm excited to get your perspective from the other side of the counter to make it a more well-rounded bet bash experience. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to give you the insight that I can. Yeah, well, I'm pumped to hear it. And I, I think to start it off, I know that FanDuel is sponsoring Bet Bash and Spanky's doing a lot of the heavy lifting on his end to make this event happen. But what does it mean to FanDuel to, you know, have that alignment with this event? And what are you hoping you just at a high level that, you know, FanDuel can get out of it on your end of things? Yeah, not a lot, really. Uh, I mean, you know, from a FanDuel perspective, we're obviously excited to have some involvement in the event. But like you say, this is really a, a project that Spanky came up with and is running. So, you know, happy to contribute towards uh, the night itself. You know, there's a lot of betters in New Jersey. Spanky's got a lot of people following him and I'm sure, you know, we um, see plenty of their business. So just kind of wanted to give a few dollars back from that perspective and, and, and support the event. Awesome. Yeah, um, there's plenty more I'd like to touch on within the event or networking bigger picture. I do feel like I'd be remiss not to touch on one thing here, and I'm trying to approach it more from, um, I guess, a, a vantage point of curiosity to hear what your thoughts would be. But I know that it's a common refrain among sports bettors to get limited or kicked out by sports books if they're winning. And I also know that FanDuel would be far from the only offender that people ever mention when it comes to that topic. But that said, it does come up sometimes. So from your perspective, What's it like, you know, being in your shoes and trying to find a way to deal productively with winning betters? Yeah, obviously an, an age-old problem between adversaries like betters and bookmakers. And, you know, you can argue either side of the point around the ethics of it, I guess. From my perspective, fundamentally, we're running a business. It's like any other business. You know, there's lots of other examples of, you know, businesses that restrict activity based on, uh, negative EV, which is effectively, you know, a task uh, that we un undertake and every other bookmaker does the same. Uh, they're lying if they tell you that they don't. So uh, I have a job and our team have a right to, you know, defend the business and, and, and do it in a, in a fair manner. And I think when it comes to fairness, we try to be as fair as we can. I think generally there's a policy from our end, at least from my perspective, that, you know, we want to be seen to be welcoming of... Um, money from a range of customers. Um, we believe that we've got you know, a really good trading team. We invest heavily in it, not just in the US, but more globally. And I think that is reflected in some of the line differences you see with us and some of the market consensus prices. And I think the WNBA All-Star game is a good example. We didn't hang a ridiculous line in that game, thankfully. And you know, I understand why a lot of bookmakers did. There is also you know, a speed to market thing in the US where, you know, Passport was repealed back in 2018 in, in February. We were live in July. We went live with a platform that we didn't own, that was third party, that we didn't have a relationship with previously. There's some teething pains in that, and there's some growing pains. And then the growth of the market in the U.S. means that we have to prioritize other business requirements, like getting live in new states as quickly as we can. We've got Canada and Ontario coming up uh, by the year end. So, you know, I want to get to a place where we lay a fair bet to everybody. Um, we need improvements in our platforms and in our risk management solutions that you'll hear Spanky continually reference. Things like automated traders are not a new phenomenon to Flutter and to FanDuel specifically. We just haven't had time to build them out and incorporate them in our business in the US. So unfortunately, people that are picking off lines or trying to bet heavily into you know, lower tier markets that we just don't have the same amount of confidence in, 
probably are going to get restricted. There's not a lot of defending I feel like I need to do from that perspective. Um, you know, if it comes to a core line, then we want to treat everybody and give everybody a fair bet. And I think we do a decent job of that. Are we perfect? No. Do we want to get better? Absolutely. Do we plan to for sure? It's just going to take some time. Sure. And I think something you mentioned a couple of times there was trying to do things fairly. And that stands out to me because I had the chance to connect with Spanky recently. And he mentioned having a good relationship with FanDuel, not to say that he's not limited in some ways, but that he, you know, so to speak, has gone in the front door and just tried to be upfront with you guys and find a way to work together productively. <laughs> and I think that for a lot of the betters listening to this, there might be something there where, of course, it's frustrating if you're if you're getting limited or you can't get down what you want, where you want. But your odds of getting that opportunity go up a lot if you can find a way to have a productive relationship with people on the other side of things versus making it so adversarial. So to that end, um, I know hearing from Spanky's perspective, but are there any other professional or just winning betters who you could say that you guys might have a good relationship with? you know, because there's been some proactive outreach as opposed to just the more antagonistic side of things that tends to get all the attention on Twitter? Yeah, like you said, we're in a vacuum. Anybody in the betting space is going to be, um, you know, more exposed to the noise of restricted betters. I've looked at it and seen it, experienced it for the last 25 years internationally. It's not new. It happens in Europe. It happens in Australia. And, you know, I think the view reflected by some of the sharp editors on Twitter sometimes isn't necessarily reflective of the situation. We've had you know, people that are looking to scout middles. We've had people that will catch some of our models or slow to move lines in play and then come to me giving out saying, you know, you've restricted me here. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, I get 25 of those every day from people reaching out, you know, about being restricted. Um, from our end, we try to be fair. Like I said, you know, if people want to come to me and are willing to, you know, be fair about it on their side, then for sure we can talk. But, you know, I'm not here to facilitate everybody. I'm not here to defend every decision. I don't personally make every one of those decisions or review them. I'll try to be fair. And if people want a fair bet, I'm trying to accommodate it. I understand that we're a bookmaker and the onus is on us to take bets. That's our approach. And like I said, I see it getting better, but it's going to take time. I think people have, you know, not the full picture when it comes to the challenges that a lot of operators had, not just European ones, but every operator had in getting live in America. And, you know, we all didn't have platforms and presence here. You know, we had to migrate quickly. We had to move as quickly as we can to get the market share that we've got. We've done a good job with that. But do I want to get better in the space? Sure. And to repeat, like we will, but it's going to take time. And all I ask for is some balance and patience. Sure. Yeah, well, that, that sounds fair enough. And I appreciate your candor on this topic. I think we can move on to something that really gets at the core of Bet Bash and FanDuel's alignment with the event. And that would be the topic of networking. I feel like the more people I speak with that have been at this for a while, the more I hear about the importance of having a strong network in place. And I would assume that that can apply, you know, just as much on both sides of the counter. So to that end, how have you seen the value of networking play out in your own career so far? And what would you say is maybe one networking tip you'd have for aspiring betters or bookmakers? That's a good question. I mean, I haven't really done a whole lot of it, to be fair, until uh, we came to the U.S. At home, it, it's pretty siloed. And, and like I said here, I guess the in industry was so immature and a lot of people were in the same boat. They'd moved here from abroad. It was more important to kind of try and network just to build up, you know, a social relationship with people in the industry that you took for granted a little bit in Europe, I guess. So from that perspective, 
probably did a bit initially, not as much as maybe other people like Spanky, for example. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, I think it's important. I think it's important to get different people's perspectives. You know, like I said, we're an operator, but, you know, our core ask here is to service uh, betters and, and customers. And I think getting their perspective, whether they're sharp or square or whatever shape you want to reference, uh, really doesn't matter. They're all our customers at the end of the day. And, and you know, the part of the business that we're responsible for is servicing them with product and price and fundamentally laying a bet. So from my perspective, it's super important. Probably would have liked to have had time to do a little bit more of it. Uh, and I think like events like Bet Bash are a good medium and platform for not just betters, but also operators to get a better understanding of, uh, you know, what their customers are saying. Absolutely. Well, I've got a few quick hitters here and then we can go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, these will be questions that might have many possible right answers. So don't feel like you're omitting anything. I'm talking to a lot of people. So anything you might omit is probably going to get scooped up by somebody else. Um, but just, you know, maybe first things that come to mind. I'll kick it off with asking, what's your favorite gambling Twitter follow? Uh, Adam Schefter. That's a a good one. Yeah, I I think that uh, if you're a better and you're not following Adam Schefter, then you're leaving a lot on the table and and probably the same for the bookmaking side of things. Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of noise on Twitter. I try not to pay too much attention to it. Everybody's got an opinion. It's easily expressed. And, you know, I'm really there for the information. And I think the developments in terms of social media being used for that purpose is really strong one, both for bookmakers and for betters. I think clarity and certainty of information before you bet is obviously paramount. Yeah, well said. All right, another quick hitter. I know this is one uh, that might have a few options come to mind with a FanDuel affiliation. Um, Maybe some that go beyond that as well, but what would you say is your favorite sports betting podcast? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think Bet the Board is one that I, I, I do in the NFL season. I think the amount of insight that uh, the guys Todd and Payne go into is, is phenomenal. Uh, it's almost too deep in certain scenarios. Uh, but the knowledge and insight that those guys have, I think, and how they present it, it's probably one of my favorite ones, even outside of the fact that I make an odd appearance. Yeah, I, I like that because I was recently speaking with NFL handicapper Adam Chernoff, who has his own show, The Simple Handicap. And he was talking about the fact that um, among many other podcasts and Twitter follows, Bet the Board was one that he said, like, everybody references Todd and Payne's information. And it seems like people don't like to attribute it as much as they do some other podcasts, maybe. But it's really such a foundational piece that the amount of information they cover uh, without maybe getting too nitty gritty. I think it's a really optimal balance for somebody who's really looking to become a smarter better or of course on the other side of the counter that information is just as valid so yeah strong endorsement from me for bet the board as well um let's see maybe one more quick hitter on the betting side of things um is there one nfl bet i mean i've been asking betters for recommendations but maybe for you on your side of the counter is there anything that you've seen a lot of action on so far at at FanDuel heading into this season that's been maybe surprising the amount of action that you've taken uh, you caught me caught me off guard a little here. I, I can't say that I've really been across it a, a lot. We've had so much going on with the Olympics this summer. I haven't maybe paid as much attention to, you know, what we've been laying ahead of the season. Um, so yeah, I'm really stumped a little bit with this one. Normally, I definitely have something um, to share that that would be insightful and informative. But I can't really think of anything that we've seen that's, you know, either surprised us or been. Um, you know, more popular than than normal. Uh, I'll try and get something to you in the coming days and hopefully you can share it. 
Sure. Yeah. And I think an insight that I take just from that answer is that when bookmakers are, you know, working with, you know, Olympic cycles or things that don't come up every year, that, you know, that can be an opportunity for betters. And, and yeah, you want to be careful maybe not to overplay your hand or if you catch somebody with their pants down, like that might be the only <laughs> time you get it and then maybe you're done. Um, but one of the biggest advantages that I, I try to um, maybe preach without being too preachy is that if you're a better, your biggest edge is that the books are posting lines for every game across every sport, basically, and we get to pick our spots. So that can really offset the VIG. If you're selective in the long term, it takes a level of discipline. But if you can pick your spots and especially be aware of the fact that, you know, NFL regular season win totals, preseason lines, week one lines, games of the year, player props, these come up every year. But when there's an Olympic cycle and after 2020, a lot of things have kind of gotten compressed, you know, later on in the calendar. The regular no, I, football bets that might be getting all the attention normally from the bookmaking side might not be sharpened up as quickly. So that, you know, again, without overplaying your hand, that could be some really good opportunity for betters to pay yeah, attention. I agree. I think the point is, is accurate. You know, you have to get one right. I have to get them all right. That's the core difference. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's do one more uh, question that's not so much about betting itself, but I'd say... Um, is there one piece of advice that you have, whether it's an aspiring better or people to, um, you know, join your line of work? Um, if there are people like just getting started, either betting or looking to maybe pursue a career in bookmaking, what would you say is one thing that if you could go back a few years in time, you would advise yourself? Um, man, I don't know. I, I think like from a betting perspective, you know, I think getting sucked into the idea of betting parlays on a Sunday in the football season or betting spreads and totals that we know are incredibly efficient and hard to beat is the biggest mistake that a lot of the public bettors make. I would concentrate on, you know, lower tier markets. I mentioned them earlier. And of course, you run the risk of getting restricted quickly if you're beating the lines and continu continually betting into markets that we just don't have the same amount of time to concentrate on for obvious reasons. Um, but I think, yeah, looking at player props, for example, particularly around you know, second and third players on the depth chart who you feel like are a good matchup or for matchup reasons or, you know, snap count reasons make a lot of sense. I think they're the ones I would probably try and focus on rather than, you know, making the same mistakes that everybody makes. Sure, it's not a lot of fun. It's more fun to sit in a Sunday afternoon at one o'clock and have an involvement across four or five games. But it's just so much harder to beat the VIG in those scenarios that I think, you know, being selective, like you said, and focusing on something where you can invest more time than our traders. I think that's probably where you'll find the most amount of success. Yeah, I like that because I think that sometimes I can maybe try to be disciplined or analytical about things to a fault. And I know, like you said, it doesn't always seem the most fun. You're not always getting the biggest sweat. But at the same time, I feel like coming out ahead in the long run or having a sound process that you can trust and really cashing tickets is the fun part. So you can have all the sweating you want, all the action on every side in total, but if you're getting overextended there, it's probably not gonna to end too well. And if you can pick your spots, then it might be boring to some to pass more often than a lot of betters. But if you're if you're selective and you're following a good approach, then that can lead you down a much better path in the long run. So I like that angle there. I'd like to ask one more question here and then we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, weaving in the other pillar of this podcast, the hop side of things, is there a favorite drinking experience that you've had this summer that, you know, maybe helps take off the edge from time to time or really set the proper perspective as we get ready for the, the joyous grind that is the football season? Um, if you asked me this in two days, and unfortunately I can't make it, but if I was able to, I'm sure Bet Bash would have been the answer. 
Uh, I'm not sure it would be for the quality of the hops, although I've got nothing against the Ashford. They're uh, in Jersey City. So, um, yeah, look, I, I don't really have a strong uh, a strong answer for you. I think most of my uh, drinking is heavily tied to social events or sporting events. And, you know, I think, you know, as recently as Thursday, being at the Northern Trust was a good a good experience there. And there's lots of good places around Jersey City that I'm sure most of you will get to experience over the next two days that, you know, uh, are really good. So I don't have a strong answer for you. Definitely not any American uh, version of Irish Guinness would be my answer to you. <laughs> yeah, I like that because I think a lot of the, the drinking experience goes beyond the drink itself. So you could have, you know, the, you know, most high end, you know, bourbon or, or craft beer. But if you're, you know, if you're at home by yourself, I mean, that that kind of sounds like it, it might turn a little bit dark at times. But if you're <laughs> in the right setting, you know, with good people at a cool event, then um, that can go a long way and making the larger overall experience much better. So I totally understand that. Um, well, I'd like to make sure, John, that we go ahead and plug your work. I appreciate your time doing this. Um, of course, you are doing a lot uh, as the trading director with FanDuel Sportsbook on Twitter at jsheeran1981. Am I missing anything or is there anything else you'd like to add? No, that's all good. I'm not here for self-notoriety. Um, happy to be able to contribute and hopefully you get some uh, use out of what we talked about. Happy to do it at certain stages during the season if that's something you want to do as well. Yeah, I love it. Well, uh, once again, thanks for your time and uh, thanks for your and FanDuel's involvement in that bash. To whatever extent uh, that you've been able to do anything, I know so many people are just thrilled for the event. So uh, looking forward to this being the first of what sounds like maybe many down the road. Sounds good, Matt. Appreciate your time.